In the 1880s, Dutch paleoanthropologist Eugène Dubois traveled to Indonesia. He believed the country's geography could offer clues about humanity's first days on Earth. With a team of locals, Dubois excavated sites on the Indonesian islands of Sumatra and Java. It took years of digging, but eventually his team made a breakthrough. They discovered a human body. Upon first glance, the bones resembled the skeletal structure of a modern person. But there were some quirks. For example, the cranium was unusually small, which meant it must have also held a smaller brain. After further observation, Dubois determined the corpse belonged to one of our prehistoric ancestors, a species called Homo erectus. Dubois was the first person in history to locate an individual's remains. Based on where he found the bones, Dubois named the ancient person Java Man. In the years following Dubois' discovery, anthropologists uncovered further evidence of prehistoric humans, like the Peking Man in China and a series of Homo erectus skulls in Dominici, Georgia. Each new revelation forced scientists and philosophers to reconsider two age-old questions. In a world filled with millions of species, what distinguishes humans from animals? And what is our unique purpose on Earth? Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. Earth Day is April 22nd. So this spring, we're diving into the depths of the oceans, soaring through the upper reaches of the atmosphere, plunging into the most remote jungles, and traveling backward in time billions of years to when life first appeared on our planet. We'll ask, what secrets does our planet hide? Today, we're exploring humanity's role on Earth. We'll ask, how much do humans and animals really have in common? Then, we'll discuss the qualities that make us unique and how those traits might be putting our world in jeopardy. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. 
Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at globalxetfs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Co. In a world where climate change threatens our fate, scientists have expressed concern for the world we're leaving behind for our children. But to preserve life on this planet, we need to understand our role in the environment. In other words, what makes us, us? If there's one thing you took away from science class, it's probably that all living humans belong to a species called Homo sapiens, stemming from the Latin words for wise human. But our prehistoric ancestors were actually a different species with a totally different name. They're referred to as Homo erectus, Latin for upright human. Researchers believe they existed as far back as two million years ago, but they've been considered extinct for over 100,000 years. For centuries, scientists struggled to learn about our ancient ancestors, primarily because there was so little evidence of their existence. That is, until 1891, when Dutch paleoanthropologist Eugène Dubois uncovered some of the first Homo erectus fossils. The discoveries of Dubois and other anthropologists showed that Homo erectus were actually far more evolved than scientists previously thought. Homo erectus weren't just grunting cavemen. Scientists aren't exactly sure what Homo erectus sounded like, but the formation of their neck bones, skull, and throat suggests they likely made noises far beyond grunts and screams. They may have even had their own language. And more recent evidence indicates that our ancestors possibly used that language to do remarkable things, like sail around the world. According to Daniel Everett, the professor of global studies at Bentley University, Homo erectus may have built seafaring ships and traveled with small crews. This could explain why their descendants have been found on remote islands around the world. And Everett also argues that none of this would have been possible without a language to get them there safely. Scientists are still trying to unlock what life might have been like for Homo erectus, and they have a long way to go. But we can confidently say that a little over 300,000 years ago, a more modern human species called Homo sapiens appeared. In the late 20th century in East Africa, scientists uncovered the remains of an ancient individual they called the mother of all human beings. Every living person today can apparently trace their mitochondrial DNA back to this woman, earning her the nickname Mitochondrial Eve. She's thought to be anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 years old which is a good reminder that we are all more connected than we think. But some anthropologists question whether or not mitochondrial Eve descended directly from Homo erectus. They claim our species could be the offspring of various migrating populations, like Homo erectus and possibly even Neanderthals. Regardless of our origin, scientists are fascinated by a key difference between Homo erectus and Homo sapiens, the size of the brain. Scientists have recently confirmed that two major parts of the brain expanded over millennia. One of them is the parietal lobe, 
It's essentially responsible for processing sensory information, things like self-awareness, memory, and orientation. The other part is the cerebellum. It dictates movement-based abilities, things like language, coordination, and balance. Researchers have long debated exactly what caused our brains to evolve, but newly discovered fossils have indicated that our environment may have been a contributing factor. Anthropologists believe that most early human evolution took place in the African savanna, where it was difficult to find food and water. Given what we know about evolution and survival of the fittest, many have theorized that those with bigger brains were the more intelligent hunter-gatherers. They formed their own groups and traveled to wherever food was plentiful and the weather was more conducive to survival. Meanwhile, those with smaller brains who weren't smart enough to find sustenance and shelter died out. But today, some anthropologists argue that our brain's evolution might have had less to do with our environment and more to do with our social behavior. To put it simply, the smarter you were, the more desirable you were as a mate. But there's also a third theory. That fire played a role in the brain's evolution. Once humans learned how to start fires and cook, they were able to have hot meals, which are easier to digest than cold food. Suddenly, the brain didn't have to expend as much neural energy digesting, which allowed our craniums to grow larger. But regardless of why humans' brains changed, we know our minds are capable of more complex behaviors and more nuanced communication systems than our ancestors. Unlike the more nomadic Homo erectus, Homo sapiens were intelligent and collaborative enough to adapt to most environments. This is still true today. Despite occasional storms, millions of people live in New York City, most of whom don't migrate south for the winter. That's partially because we can tell each other how to prepare for inclement weather and communicate lessons we've learned from past trial and error through stories. Evolutionarily speaking, storytelling has proven critical to our success as a species because, at our heart, we're a social species. In fact, anthropologist Brian Hare has suggested that our development has been driven by what he called survival of the friendliest. Essentially, he believed the more outgoing our ancestors were, the more likely they were to find community, survive together, and ultimately procreate. And stories were one of the best ways for us to warn each other of potential danger because research shows that we value narratives more than facts. For example, an early human could tell others a simple fact like, there's an animal in that pond, don't go over there. But it would be more effective for them to say, I saw someone attacked by a creature in that pond and they almost died, don't go there. Stories make for better conversation than statistics because they typically include both data and emotions. This makes our brains pay closer attention. In fact, an experiment described by Stanford professor Jennifer Ocker tested just how powerful a compelling narrative can be. A group of students were asked to give presentations. Most students focused on sharing only facts, while one in 10 students incorporated stories. 
When quizzed on the information presented, participants were 22 times more likely to remember the stories than the statistics. Clearly, our brains love narratives. And with each passing millennia, Homo sapiens have grown into more elaborate storytellers. 5,000 years ago, ancient Sumerians created the first known language using cuneiform. And as incredible as this feat was, it's no secret that it pales in comparison to the ways we're able to share our experiences today. As our storytelling methods develop, they help us strengthen another key survival trait, empathy. Novels, films, and TV shows can help teach us lessons and help us connect in ways other species can't. Now more than ever, we can understand the struggles of our species and support each other. So if Homo sapiens continue to be a survival of the friendliest species, our empathy might be the key to saving our planet. As the ones at the top of the food chain, we hold an incredible amount of power and responsibility. But we shouldn't sell other members of the animal kingdom short. After all, scientists are constantly discovering that even the smallest species exhibit intelligence beyond our wildest imaginations. Coming up, self-aware fish and gorillas who can sign. Hi, listeners. I'm Tom Morton, host of Parcast's landmark show, Real Pirates, where we set sail alongside history's most notorious villains. Dive into their world during the golden age of piracy in an immersive audio experience. Listen as experts reveal the reality of life under the black flag. There is no evidence that I have ever seen of any pirate burying their treasure. Catch our previous episodes on Major Steve Bonnet, Charles Vane, and Blackbeard. Blackbeard himself as a pirate was a larger-than-life figure. He would put candles into his hair to frighten his victims. And still to come are the stories of Anne Bonny, Captain Kidd, and Henry Morgan. Join us for new episodes every Monday as we follow the rise and fall of the most legendary outlaws ever to sail the seven seas. Real Pirates is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen to Real Pirates for free on Spotify. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Now back to the story. For centuries, scientists believed humans were the only intelligent life form on Earth capable of empathy, self-awareness, and language. But recent studies have shown animals may be much more capable than we once thought. And not just the ones that most commonly share our homes, like dogs and cats. In 2018, evolutionary biologist Alex Jordan conducted something called the mirror test and witnessed self-awareness in a fish. First, Jordan held a mirror up to the animal. 
After giving the fish some time to see its reflection, the scientist made a brown mark on the animal's throat. After the mark was made, the fish saw its new reflection, swam down, and brushed its throat against the sand at the bottom of the tank, trying to remove the spot. Then it circled back toward the mirror and analyzed the mark again to see if it was gone. Jordan witnessed a scientific breakthrough. This fish passed a test that some humans can't pass until they're toddlers. Although, some scientists argue that the mirror experiment shouldn't be the standard for testing an animal's self-awareness, mainly because it only determines whether animals share humans' ability to recognize visual cues. Not all creatures rely on the same senses to survive. For example, dogs rely on their sense of smell to identify the world around them. Dogs pass an experiment that evolutionary biologist Mark Beckhoff has called the yellow snow test. If you have a dog, you probably know they recognize and react to the smell of their own urine. And this is a form of self-awareness. The mirror test and yellow snow experiment are just a couple of examples that prove self-awareness is not uniquely human. It's a primal trait that has helped generations of people and animals survive. And Homo sapiens may not be the only species who can share stories either. In 1960, linguist Charles Huckett broke down human language into 16 elements, and he believed humans were the only species capable of most of them. For example, he suggested that we were the only creatures on Earth that learned language through social interactions over time, or what's known as traditional transmission. But a study by the Australasian Animal Studies Association showed that some animals also learn communication skills through traditional transmission, like prairie dogs, for example. Prairie dogs deal with a range of threats, including coyotes, weasels, bobcats, even red-tailed hawks and eagles. And scientists found that not only do adult prairie dogs teach newborns alert signals, they teach them different signals and responses for different predators. When prairie dogs saw a coyote, scientists noted they voiced a call that prompted others to retreat to their burrows, stand on their hind legs, and monitor the coyote. Any prairie dogs that weren't already in their burrows knew to join in the surveying effort. When they saw a human shoot a gun in their direction, prairie dogs knew better than to stand at the edge of their burrows. Instead, they told their colony to hide underground to avoid gunfire. This type of differentiation in messaging is what Hockett called semantics, and he thought it was unique to humans as well. Turns out, prairie dogs are pretty good linguists, but no other animal species has surprised scientists with their communication skills more than the one who shares 98.8% of our DNA. Primates. For centuries, anthropologists failed to find anything particularly special about primates. They had opposable thumbs like humans, but that's where our similarities seemed to end. Then, English anthropologist Jane Goodall and her research transformed everything we thought we knew about primates and humans alike. When Goodall visited Africa in 1960, she watched in awe as a group of chimpanzees turned a twig into a spoon and used it to consume termites. 
Goodall was one of the first people to ever formally document this kind of intelligence in primates. When she reported it back to her boss, fellow anthropologist Louis Leakey, he responded, quote, Now we must redefine man, redefine tools, or accept chimpanzees as humans. Goodall's research has since inspired others to re-examine deeply held beliefs about what distinguishes humans from monkeys. It's also forced the scientific community to confront the fact that humans and animals may not be so different after all. In her years of observing and documenting their behavior, Goodall found that chimpanzees show affection by hugging and kissing, just like we do. They also display similarly strong mother-child bonds. One particularly protective mother named Flo constantly made sure her children were by her side and fetched them food whenever they appeared hungry. Around the same time that Goodall was conducting research in Tanzania, an American psychologist named Francine Patterson was working with a precocious young gorilla in California. Patterson named the ape Coco. The researcher spent countless hours teaching American Sign Language to the one-year-old primate. Patterson began with simple words like food, drink, and more. Coco caught on quickly, picking up the language at nearly the same pace a human child would. The gorilla made her greatest strides in vocabulary between the ages of two and a half and four and a half. In her third year alone, she learned over 200 new words. A few years later, Coco could do more than simply communicate. She was able to self-assess and even crack jokes. When she was asked to describe herself, the gorilla brushed her paw diagonally over her chest as if touching an imaginary sash. She signed the word queen. Over time, Coco exhibited more human-like behaviors. She smiled, laughed, and expressed emotions by signing words like obnoxious, fake, and polite. She even used insults by signing phrases like stupid, dirty toilet. All told, Coco learned to interpret over 2,000 words of spoken English and could communicate back using more than 1,000 words of sign language. Her vocabulary was on par with that of a human toddler. Coco even showed perspective when it came to death. When one of her caregivers asked her, where do animals go when they die? The primate used sign language to reply, a comfortable hole. Then she mimicked a kiss goodbye, a response that indicated she may have been capable of existential thoughts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is crypto perfect? Nope. But neither was email when it was invented in 1972. And yet today, we send 347 billion emails every single day. 
Crypto is no different. It's new, but like email, it's also revolutionary. With Kraken, it's easy to start your crypto journey with 24-7 support when you need it. Go to Kraken.com and see what crypto can be. Not investment advice. Crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to U.S. and U.S. territory customers by Payward Ventures, Inc. PDI DBA Kraken. Visit PDI's disclosures at Kraken.com slash legal slash disclosures. According to a 1985 National Geographic cover story, Coco also mourned death in the way a person would. After the loss of her kitten, which was named Allball, she reportedly signed to her trainer, Cat, cry, Coco love, visit me. For years after Allball's passing, whenever Coco saw a photo of a kitten that looked similar, she continued to sign sad and cry, proving that she also had formed long-lasting memories. Scientists have observed that even some wild apes appear to hold funerals for their deceased. In both Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, researchers witnessed them gathering around the body of a loved one and brushing the corpse with their hands. Those that appeared to have the closest relationship to the deceased spent more time paying their respects. Unlike wild African apes, Coco spent most of her life housed at the Gorilla Foundation's preserve in the Santa Cruz Mountains, which made it easier for her to interact and develop relationships with human visitors. And Coco had some pretty famous ones. She met actors like William Shatner, Betty White, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Her 2001 meeting with Robin Williams was particularly impactful. Before the comedian arrived, Coco had been grieving the loss of her gorilla companion, Michael. For months, Coco didn't smile or eat much. But she'd seen Robin Williams in movies before. When she was given a VHS cover with the actor's picture, she immediately pointed to his face on the box. Like a starstruck fan, the gorilla perked up. During her meeting with Williams, Coco laughed for the first time since Michael's passing. She even invited the comedian to play a game with her. Williams was equally as touched, later reflecting on his time with Coco as a, quote, mind-altering experience. When Patterson received a phone call in 2014 about the comedian's passing, the gorilla noticed her caretaker's distress and asked what was wrong. When Patterson shared the news, Coco reportedly became somber. A photo taken at the time shows her head bowed, eyes welling, and lips quivering. And Coco adopted rituals around more than just heartache and tragedy. According to her caretaker, the gorilla was keenly aware of annual birthdays and holidays, which suggests gorillas may have their own biological clock. In an interview with The Atlantic, Patterson recounted the month leading up to Coco's birthday. She said the gorilla hung cards decorated with cakes and candles. And on Easter, she made a makeshift skirt with a bright yellow fabric. It's a mystery whether Coco understood the religious significance of Easter, but researchers suspect that primates do believe in the existence of a higher power. In fact, Jane Goodall believed she witnessed spiritual behavior from a group of Tanzanian chimps in Gombe National Park. During a research trip, Goodall watched a group of apes sway in unison as they threw rocks at a waterfall. Afterwards, the primates sat quietly and stared at the water cascade over the cliff. 
Having studied chimps for over 50 years, Goodall interpreted their practice as, quote, triggered by feelings of awe and wonder. It goes to show you how little we know about the creatures who share our planet. But given what we have learned, there's a case to be made that humans may not be so uniquely intelligent after all. There are, of course, differences that set us apart. Tanzanian monkeys using twigs as spoons is a far cry from humans who sent satellites into space. Coco may have been able to understand what a computer was, but she couldn't use one. Scientists may have finally arrived at a better understanding of what accounts for these differences, and it has to do with how we use the world around us and how we work together. Coming up, a look at what makes humanity special. Now back to the story. For centuries, scientists believed humans had special abilities that separated us from the rest of the animal kingdom, like the capacity for language and tools. But the more that researchers studied other animals, the more they defied our expectations. Scientists have since suggested it's not the quantity of traits that separate us, it's the quality, our ability to master certain skills over time. Psychologist Michael Tomasello performed experiments that showed two-year-old children scored better than apes on assessments of learning, communication, and reading. And most neurologists believe the human brain isn't fully developed until age 25. At that point, our short-term memory and pattern recognition starts to decline. But this happens very slowly. Even if our DNA and anatomy are similar to chimpanzees, our minds are capable of more advanced tasks, which may explain why our memory is stronger than most animals, at least when it comes to pattern recognition. Researchers at the City University of New York and Stockholm University found that animals are good at remembering standalone pieces of information. It's how birds recall things like where they made their nests. But when animals are quizzed on a sequence of information, they tend to fail. In one experiment, scientists placed birds in front of two lamps, one that displayed a red light and another with a green light. When researchers turned on just one lamp, the birds were able to remember which color it was when tested again later. But when the proctors switched between colors, they struggled to recall any sort of sequence. Keeping track of different stimuli is what gives humans a leg up when it comes to developing languages. It's why we're able to string words together to form sentences, and how we can differentiate between a phrase like, the dog bit the lady, versus the lady bit the dog. Primates like Coco the gorilla can grasp basic words and phrases, but monkeys don't have their own set language. As Jane Goodall noted, they cannot sit and discuss. They cannot teach about things that are not present. Despite Coco's remarkable ability to understand over 2,000 spoken English words, even she couldn't respond in complete sentences. She had the ability to communicate in simple terms, like saying hello or giving a command like tickle, but she couldn't ask you something that we consider as simple as, do you prefer coffee or tea? 
There's no evidence yet to suggest any animal is able to communicate as effectively, precisely, and freely as humans. Our language allows us to have opinions, discuss figurative concepts, and speak in the past and future. We've even created tools to help us better circulate our knowledge. With the internet, we can even communicate with astronauts in space. Because of how our brains are wired, humans are more interested in learning from one another than animals are. As we mentioned earlier, driven by our survival instinct, Homo sapiens have a natural inclination to collaborate. Animals may live in communities like we do, but they don't seem to share our enthusiasm for shared goals. And our social intelligence allows us to achieve feats that other species can't. In a 2012 study, scientists pitted groups of three- to four-year-old children against groups of adult chimpanzees. All groups were tasked with solving a puzzle box that included three tiered challenges, each more difficult than the last. The children treated the experiment like a social exercise. They learned from their peers and assisted one another. And they were more likely to share knowledge with their peers when they earned rewards for completing a stage. Meanwhile, the monkeys worked independently and kept the rewards for themselves. The study was a microcosm of what makes Homo sapiens so powerful as a species. Our ability to collaborate has led to so much of what most of us love and often take for granted, from films to sports to missions in space. Our unique abilities allow us to choose our own habitat, establish our own communities, and do so almost anywhere on Earth. But as we've grown more intelligent and populous as a species, we've left a bigger, and not necessarily better, footprint on Earth. The same qualities that distinguish us from animals have allowed us to modify our environments to fit our needs. Paved roads, for example, have led to the creation of huge cities that act as centers for community, industry, and innovation. But these same cities consume 78% of the world's energy and produce 60% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. So while humans are innovating faster than any other species, we're also more responsible for causing the world's environmental problems and should bear the burden of solving them. The good news is, we know that when we work together and commit to action, humans can move mountains. In 1985, scientists first discovered a hole in the ozone layer above Antarctica. It was like a breach in the planet's armor, exposing Earth to the sun's ultraviolet radiation. In response, the UN created a protocol to phase out the harmful substances that cause this hole. Chlorofluorocarbons, which can be found in hairspray, shaving cream, even certain refrigerators. And for the first time in history, every single country in the world signed on. And it's working. As of 2021, 99% of ozone-depleting substances have been removed from products. And the hole is healing. Experts predict it will fully close by the 2060s. But to put an end to climate change for good, it will take a consortium of individuals, world governments, and corporations to unite. Next time, we'll explore what those solutions look like and the dark path humanity could find themselves on if we don't act fast. 
thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Alex Button, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ben Hanani, with writing assistance by Lori Gottlieb and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlein, and research by Chelsea Wood. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. 